welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. Uh, that's a hot take. That's a scorching take. Uh, I'm not afraid to be bold, though. Thriving, surviving, and watching Rutgers football. There's nothing to respect about Rutgers. You know what? It's pain, but we look good while we do it, man. Hello and welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz. As always, here in Indianapolis, Indiana, we're recording this on the evening of Wednesday, December 18th, 2019, uh, in the heat of final season. Uh, to all those taking final exams, good luck. I know I'll need it. Joining me in Nashville, Tennessee, CNM for the first time in a couple weeks since right here in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship is Reed. Reed, what's going on? Uh, my exams just finished, and I'm feeling great. Now all i got to do is just kick back and watch some college football. So I'm really excited going into this week. Absolutely, absolutely. And joining me from New Jersey, Griffin. Griffin, what's up? Pulling out. Um, thankfully, not that many finals, just a couple of quizzes. And like Reed said, it's like, like my two or maybe one quiz out of the way, we're going to bowl season starting the 20th. Yeah, I've still I've still got two pretty ominous finals in calculus and AP Psych looming on Friday, oh, so I'm prepping for those. Got got some time though. I don't have anything tomorrow. Uh, what else? What else is going on? Uh, I think I'm gonna be making an appearance on the Tommy Divine podcast in the in the coming days. Uh, we're gonna be talking some general bull stuff outside of the bull stuff we're gonna be covering here on the first and ten today. Uh, I think we're doing some college basketball. Of course, it's been a busy week in college basketball. Uh, it's Big Ten. Here's a fun Big Ten stat. Uh, every Big Ten team is uh, has won their home game, I'm pretty sure. Unless, wait, did Northwestern and Michigan State play last night? No, they're playing right now, and Michigan State is winning uh, by 10 at halftime. So, as of this moment, though, no Big Ten team has lost a conference home game. They are 13-0, and I think is the number. Uh, which is pretty cool, I think, especially because there have been some upsets in there. Uh, Minnesota beat Ohio State. That was a shocker. Yeah, that one hurts. <laughs> Sorry, Reed. Uh, Nebraska beat Purdue. That was that was wild, too. Nebraska almost got Indiana at Assembly Hall. Nebraska's been playing really well in the last couple of days, no matter how bad their start was. I'll be talking a little bit about that on the Tommy Show, and I think we're also going to be doing a little recap of Eddie Murphy's SNL this week. Uh, he'll be back. Which, which is exciting. I'm a big Eddie Murphy guy. Anyway, we've got some college football to talk about. Uh, first, couple notes outside of bowl season. Uh, first, a team that is very outside of bowl season, the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, it is National Signing Day, if you're unaware, which is prime time for Twitter fans to tweet at recruits. And here's your reminder. Please do not tweet at recruits. They are high schoolers. They don't, they don't need this. They don't care. Come on. Anyway, Maryland got a five-star wide receiver to flip his commitment from LSU today for Kim Jarrett. Uh, I just watched this guy's highlight tape a couple hours ago after I saw the news, and I was, number one, confused when I saw that a five-star receiver would flip his talent from – or his decision, not his talent, from the number one team in the country to Maryland. But this is good for Maryland. Maryland has had some strong receivers over the last couple of years. Of course, there was Stephon Diggs and DJ Moore. So this is another strong get. I did just hear about this today, and I watched his highlight film. This guy is really, really good. And he'll be an important player in the Maryland offense as soon as next season. I think he'll get a lot of touches. Yeah, I, I honestly agree. Watching his tape is going to be – he's going to make Maryland look prettier than they were this season. Yeah, you know, Maryland, yeah, uh, yeah. last couple of years, or at least, you know, in the last year and a half or so, they've been more of a run team. That's really been the area where they've found the most success. But now the, you know, top re- re- receiving recruit, I think that could really uh, make their offense more two-dimensional and really uh, give them more success in the Big Ten East. It's nowhere but up for, for Maryland at this it's point. hard to go down. It's, it's, it's very hard to go down. I mean, there always is down, and that's Rutgers. Ow. Uh, All right. Might be. Hey, hey, 
I've got, I've got a little bit of Parker's optimism in a second. Uh, anyway, Music City Bowl, a little bit of notes on that. Well, I'm not talking about this year's matchup between Louisville and Mississippi State. What I am going to talk about is how the Music City Bowl today signed an agreement to be exclusively a Big Ten Bowl game against the SEC. Previously, the Music City Bowl would rotate between ACC and Big Ten teams facing off against the SEC. So while me and Reed were hoping for the Music City Bowl to be in our rotation this year to plan for another potential football trip for the two of us, uh, it wasn't in our graces. But in the future... It will be. So if you're a fan of a 7-5 and five Big Ten team in the future, could be planning a trip to Nashville without the chance of an ACC team taking it away from you. And this, this is only a good thing for us with, with a, a member of the show living in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Right? This is great. Absolutely. The only thing we need now is a bowl game in, in Indianapolis because Griffin and I both have bowl games that are relatively close to us, but you don't. You got yeah, the yeah. championship, I mean, though. I'm, I mean, it wouldn't be a destination bowl game. I mean, there are plenty, there are bowl games in cold weather locations. New York's cold, obviously. Detroit. It's more of a destination than Detroit, but how much is that saying? Yeah. No I think it'd be cool to see a bowl like game featuring a uh, Big Ten team in some other conference. I'm not really sure, but I would I would love to see one in Minneapolis. Because there's not a lot of bowl games Ooh, up north, yeah, but it's but obviously the cold would not be a favor a factor in uh, the indoor stadium in Minneapolis, US I believe it's US Bank Stadium. So I think it'd be really interesting to yeah, see a game yeah. up there. What do you guys think? Virtual home field advantage for Minnesota too. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many so often you see so many Big Ten teams playing in Florida with that, you know, with the Gator Bowl, the Outback Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, maybe if they end up in the Orange Bowl. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So maybe if one of those games sort of got uh, relocated or replaced with the game in Minnesota, I think that'd be really cool. I think another really cool bowl location going forward. I would like to see. Is this might sound a little weird? I'd like to see a Wrigley Field Bowl. I mean, they've already. Got I would love to see that too. They've got Yankee Stadium. That's actually. They've got, they've got, that would be nice. they've got Yankee. Wrigley Field. You need to complete the trifecta. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I imagine players' hands would sort of become ice cubes or just fall off in the cold I mean, up there. it's no colder than Boston season. or New York, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it is colder. I think they're <clears throat> Boston. It, it might not be colder than Boston, but that lake effect snow is no joke. <laughs> I still think a Wrigley Field Bowl would be really cool. It's such a such an iconic venue. Yeah, like you were saying, a bowl game at Fenway would be awesome, too. They're, they are doing a bowl game at Fenway oh, really? next year. Oh, which yeah, bowl? Yeah, starting next season. Fenway Park's getting a bowl game. Who? Uh, what's the conference tie-in for it? Or do they not have a sponsor yet? It's ACC and American, but I could be wrong on that. I also heard they're doing a bowl game in, in Myrtle Beach sometime soon at Coastal Carolina Stadium in South Carolina. I think I, I, think I which, recall that, too. As yeah. someone who's been to Myrtle Beach a lot, it's a really cool place, and I think it's, it'd be a great destination for bowl games. I think it'd be better than some other – these smaller games like the Independence Bowl in Shreveport or the Boca Raton Bowl in Boca Raton. Uh, I think that's really good for whichever conference is going to end up playing there. Probably like yeah. the Sun Belt and maybe Conference USA. Yeah, something like that. And another bowl I absolutely love is the Bahamas Bowl. Just the idea of the Bahamas I Bowl. Love it. I wish the Bahamas Bowl had better tie-ins. Same with the Hawaii Bowl because yeah. the tropical locations are sick and should be taken better advantage of. The thing is, though, it's I can't like if you look at a game with a team from the MAC and a team from the Conference USA and a team from the Sun Belt or whatever, you're not going to get very many fans no matter where it goes. But if you put a big conference team yeah. in a game in the Bahamas, you're probably not going to get very many fans either because although it's a great destination. I can't imagine you're going to have thousands and thousands of people who are going to go all the way down to the Caribbean <coughs> to watch one football game. Counterpoint, if you put Ohio State there, anybody would go. Uh, Ohio State fans The thing is, so though, well. I mean, just literally, Ohio, for my one like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, they're not going to end up this. in that bowl game because they're going to be playing in the already established games like the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, et cetera. It's going to be more teams like I Michigan mean, you would State, assume. or not Michigan State this year, but... Uh, sort of like a Minnesota type team, and that, that's I just don't see that happening. I mean, you would assume Ohio State wouldn't be in it, but who knows? But anyway, seeing in my one experience in Ohio State football game this year, seeing how they took up probably ninety percent of the crowd, 
uh, I think you could put them on the moon and it would still be a, a pretty full house. They would find a way. We would. Yeah, Ohio State is <laughs> definitely they're up there with Notre Dame as one of the best traveling fan bases and all. Oh, you put a, all, oh, all I was gonna say you put Ohio State there, you put really. Notre Dame there. You even put Michigan there, you put 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 Alabama yes, there. Put Alabama there. Yeah. Even Tennessee. Like I will say Tennessee fans, as much as they annoy me, they I do salute them for sticking with their team no matter what, because no matter how horrible they are, they will always find a way to brag about their team. And to talk, you know, talk about how good they are. So they do have loyal oh, yeah. fans. I'll say that. I've seen, I've seen the horrors of the infamous ball Twitter. As I've seen uh, tweets come out of them trying to trash talk Indiana in the month leading up to the game. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Uh, one last note. Uh, I said I had a little Rutgers optimism, but you can find that in an article I'm posting. Uh, I think we're gonna try and get a website going soon. Uh, first and ten website of some kind. Don't know how. Don't know what that's going to entail. But I've got some written work. I've got. I, I'm planning to publish soon. Uh, one of it is what Big Ten coaches got for Christmas this year. I think it's pretty funny. I, I think there's some good stuff in there. And quick spoiler: my gift for Rutgers coach Greg Schiano was optimism. You know, with Shiano coming back, you're right. Scarlet Knights fans do have a lot of optimism. Although I did end it by saying, it is still Rutgers, anything is possible. <laughs> so, hey. I, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for the best, but who knows. I don't think... Yeah, maybe next season with Shiano. I don't think Rutgers is still going to be great, but they'll actually start winning games. They'll start winning conference games. Maybe give them give them five years. Talk to me again in five years about about the higher. I'll talk to you. There, they could be doing something. Maybe like I think they'll start like with like a two season and then like like a two win season, one conference, maybe one non conference. And then they'll like actually build a repertoire. Shiano gets his stuff together again. You would hope, yeah. I mean, he got okay. it down. Topic. Let's let's take a look at Rutgers' schedule okay. for next season, and sort of go to because you're talking about the out of conference. I don't know what it is. I'm pulling it up right now, but they've had some easy out of conference games right now. Okay, so they open the season next year with Monmouth. That's an easy win. Okay, Monmouth. Yeah, no. Monmouth. Then. Just like Maryland, they face Syracuse and then at Temple, back to back. Ooh, that is exactly right. what Maryland did this season. I think both of those are going to be losses. I mean, I agree. I don't know. I I think they'll lose both of them. But hey, three years from now, I mean, yeah. when Pat, these guys are recruits on campus, actually looking at this, I mean, Rutgers has a bit of a hard schedule next year. Like it's not. Terribly hard, but for their standards, well, the Big Ten it's hard because they face schedule, right? they face a Power Five team, a a pretty good group of uh, group of five team in Temple. They face um, Maryland, who's one of their realistic or one of the teams that could realistically beat. They face them on the road, so that's a disadvantage. They face Purdue on the road, Illinois at home, but Illinois is getting better. They're they're trending up right now, and I see that continuing into next season. So that that might be a loss. Absolutely. And I think they can maybe get an upset. I think Nebraska might be their biggest upset chance because they play, face them at home. But like could we said, Nebraska could be getting a lot better next season uh, after Frost has been there. Scott Frost would have his head on a stick on his way out yeah. of that stadium if they lost to Rutgers. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be ugly. Uh, I think for the sake of the state of Nebraska's well-being, we should, we should hope that no such event happens. But for the state of memes – we should we should hope that such an event occurs. I mean, it would be a oh. good way to pay it back for what he said about Indiana. Yeah, he wants the easy he wants an easy schedule, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that should have been in my article. I didn't say this, but I should have said uh, my gift for Scott Frost is an easier schedule. And uh, speaking hmm. of next year's schedules, um, one matchup that we got to be really excited for next season is Ohio State playing at Oregon. They got a home and home with them. So high state will be. That's going to be really good. Oh, also, week one next season, Indiana at Wisconsin. Wow, I cannot wait wow. for that. Okay, good. If Could not that better. Get Saturday night football. Next year, no. Could that get Saturday night football? I don't. I, I think okay. 
Let's hold off until January before we start talking yeah. about the 2020 season. <laughs> I don't want to bury the lead too much. Don't want to. Don't want to give it all up. Absolutely not. But there's there's going to be some interesting stuff going on, and we'll have a full way too early and preview. One last thing month. again, not not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but another Big Ten versus Pac-12 game that's going to be pretty big. Michigan at uh, Washington. Ooh. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Oh, that could be fun. That's a beautiful stadium there in Seattle, right on the – what's the body of water called? Is that the, the Puget Sound? I yeah, tell I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful stadium. I'd love to see a game there one day. And Washington's a solid program. I guess we'll see what happens post-Chris Peterson uh, with UW football, but that that should be fun. What week is that? Uh, it's week one. And that's week one too. Wow. And Reed, while you have it, do you have Rutgers schedule still up or no? Um, yeah, I got it. Okay. Are they playing Army at any point next season or no? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Why, why do you ask? Oh, no. I'm just wondering because that's another beautiful stadium too Mikey Stadium out in New York. It is. Yeah, it is a really good stadium. In West Point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd and, love to see a game at West Point. Yeah, and Army and Rutgers used to have like a huge rivalry too. Really? Speaking huh. of, uh, that's you know, I never would guess Rutgers and other teams. I want to see Rutgers play Princeton again. I want to see them drop all this Monmouth and UMass type stuff. I want to see Princeton play Rutgers. This again. was the year for one. Exactly. It was. It was. It was the first um, one. Uh, I honestly think it'd be a really good. Princeton's gonna like. No, nah, I think Pin- Princeton would oh. kick the crap out of Rutgers. No. Speaking of Princeton, no way. Princeton. No okay, way. earlier today when I was I was saw a tweet uh, about recruiting rankings, recruiting class. Princeton had a higher ranked recruiting class earlier today than Arkansas. That's hilarious. That is good. And uh, uh, San Jose State was above them too. And who had a. Somebody had a really had a higher one than USC. Oh, Bowling Green. Bowling Green had a higher recruiting class than USC at one point. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Uh, last thing. I have I said last thing already. Anyway, this is the real last thing before we get into our actual bowl previews. We're gonna have an awards ceremony at some point. A small awards show. We don't have a name for it. Do you guys have any ideas for what we're gonna call our names? We're gonna give out awards on the show for like show related stuff, like meta things, and also football related awards and kind of joke awards. And you'll you'll see. And it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. With some kind of, I can't. Do you guys do you guys have an idea for? Our, I'm not really clever name guy. I think it was was it Griffin who came up with the name first and ten, or was it you, Patrick? Okay. That was me. That was me. No, that was Patrick. I had some. Uh, what was my original name for? I had a it really was uh, like uh, trouble with the snap. Something like have something having to do with that play. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, I think it was like the <laughs> trouble with the snap podcast. That. Welcome back to trouble with the snap, the podcast where we talk I nothing. If we had a, uh, except for how much we were in our own Snapchat account called Trouble with the Snapchat, something like that. <laughs> I mean, our big presence is on Instagram right now, but we would have had to transition to Snapchat, obviously. Like, it, it makes too much sense. There's an alternate reality where that happens, and I'm glad that we live in this one, where the first attendant and I came up with that legendary pun that nobody else is allowed to take. I came up with read options. You did, too, yeah. I think. So you, you gotta come up with the name for the award show, because you got all these clever name ideas. I can't do this. I'll do, I'll do that. You came up with pick six. I'll give you that one. I did do that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was you. Okay. I haven't done the pick six in a while just because we've been too focused on Big Ten games. But, And I think the people know what games to watch for themselves. No offense, but I trust the people. I don't know how that would offend you. Anyway, we will come up with a name for our award show. We will give awards. We will vote on them. We will have that up soon. Our Christmas gift to you. Reed's also got another Christmas gift for you. He's got a video that we made of the Big Ten Championship game coming up. He's been editing that for a while. Uh, last thing, Reed, did you have fun in Indianapolis? Absolutely. Like it was a great time. Yeah, and I think we can talk about that a little bit in the future because 
we're going to do a specific Ohio State show soon. Where, well, today we're going to be talking about every bowl in the Big Ten except Ohio State, which I know originally we wanted to do separate bowl shows for every single team, but time is not on our side, unfortunately. And we're going to do it all together except Ohio State's going to get their own because they're in the playoff. So that's that. Now let's get into our bowls. Let's start off. Yeah. Really, we're really, we're really starting from the bottom. When I say we're starting with the pinstripe bowl, where uh, Michigan State is going to be taking on the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. This will be Friday, December 27th. Uh, Bronx, New York, Yankee Stadium, 3.20 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, the Spartans, uh, Michigan State, they are a favorite. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Wake. Wake, uh, a little bit on them. They were ranked earlier this season. People were considering them a potential Orange Bowl team earlier in the year. Uh, they did have, by Wake Forest standards, this was a successful season, I would say, although down the stretch they kind of fell apart a little bit. And that was really the case for the whole ACC. They finished third in their division in the Atlantic. And uh, – Overall in the season, they, they were uh, they were eight and four, which you know for Wake, that that's a really mm-hmm. good year. And the the really, excuse me, the guy you got to watch for them is Tavon Bowers. He's been a really really impressive dual threat quarterback this year, and he was getting a little bit of NFL hype uh, early in the season. And I, I think he's going to be a guy, Michigan State, who. Lest we forget earlier, the season was also ranked in the top 25 and was known for their very, very stout defense. Uh, They're going to have to step up and stop him because if they can't, I really don't think Michigan State can compete in a shootout. And I'm taking Wake in this one, and I'm taking Wake uh, by 10 points. Yeah, I made a uh, joke in our group chat. Where I said the score was going to be something like two to nothing to end the game, or three to three zero, or five two, or some some crazy low score like that. Um, but to be completely serious, I do think this will be a, a low scoring game. I think Michigan State will be able to put a touchdown on the board, just because here and there they'll be able to put together a few good plays on offense. I think they'll result in a scoring drive, but I think Wake Forest should win this one uh, by a score something like thirteen to seven. I think it'll be a low scoring game. I, I cannot think- imagine. Um, Michigan State putting a lot of points on the board, but I also can't imagine them giving away too many because their defense, although they have given up big points against um, Ohio State, Michigan's, Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, they're still a force to be reckoned with, especially for a team like Wake Forest. So I'm going to go with the Demon Deacons 13-7. to my, my take's 20-10, 20-10. I can see that. Um, As much as I want to be confident with the Spartans – the way they exemplified their defense against the fighting Illini of Illinois. Oh, I got the name right. Yeah, I finally did it. It took me uh, my whole life. Um, okay, time but... out for a second. Uh, Reed has a little, had a little compilation today of an early in the season ice cold take of his about Justin Fields. Yeah, it's gonna be thinking of Is there any I'm gonna go back into our first episode, find the coldest time. takes, put them on the Instagram each yeah. day. Uh, is there any way we can get a compilation of every single time Griffin is mispronounced fighting a lot? I mean, I think it was only like once or twice on the oh. actual podcast. It's definitely that. Because I know okay. he said Illinois the one time. more outside of that, like when we're just talking, but. I think I've said Illinois every time until now. <laughs> the fighting Illinois. I laughed every time, but it's, it's like watching a puppy learn. Things, <laughs> you know, we finally got it. <laughs> Literally, I read it as Illinois. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you did it you did it you got the yeah. name right yeah that's a step in the right direction much like illinois football a step in the right direction <laughs> all right but in all, in all seriousness though i can't have really that much confidence in the spartans especially with the way they played against the fighting illini and um i think wake force can take this 13 to 6 uh, you guys are in the same ballpark there. Uh, if it is a 13-6 or 13-7 game, may we all uh, hope that it at least looks a little bit better than the Red Box Bowl oh, from last yeah, year. Horrible. 
that oh, was, geez. That was, a that was just brutal. Game of football. I can't believe that happened. Like, uh, that was the down. That was when Michigan State jumped the shark. That's when we knew, uh, uh, things things were going downhill for MSU football. And uh, in a story I wrote not too long ago, that'll be going up on our website or maybe just my blog. I don't know what we're gonna do. In, in the Christmas one, I talked about could this be the end of the road for Coach D'Antonio, and I think we can get into that after the season and after we can have a full assessment in the bowl game because I think it might be the end uh, for him in East Lansing, but we'll see. Anyway, on that same day, there's going to be another Big Ten game, and we've got... Oh, I almost read the wrong bowl. <laughs> Holiday Bowl, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl uh, at the San Diego County Credit Union Stadium, the former home of the San Diego Chargers. Oh, that's right. Jack Justin Murphy Peter. Stadium. Yeah, also known as what? Qualcomm Stadium? Oh, Qualcomm. That's what it was. Wow. Yeah, it's been about it. It's had, it's had a, it. It was Jack Murphy at one point. It's had a dozen names. Uh. The Holiday Bowl. Well, actually, now USC, it's uh, I think Iowa. it's the San Diego County Credit Union Stadium. It is SDCCU. Yeah, that's what it's called nowadays. That's what I. Said. Oh, sorry, I thought you said it was Qualcomm. My bad. No, nah, it used to be. Qualcomm. No, it used to be Qualcomm. It's it's been everything. How many names has that place had? It's had a it, lot. Yeah, it has anyway. a lot. Too many. It's the home of San Diego State nowadays, uh, and for the near future at least, I think they're getting a they new are stadium sometime in the near future, probably Finally. about one or two years from now. Yeah, honestly, I love that stadium. I don't really know what it is me about too. it. I just love the architecture of it. It just looks satisfying to me. It is. Well, it's a baseball stadium by design. It was the home of the Padres yeah. at first, which yeah, is interesting. It's a cool place. I love that gigantic wall behind one of the end zones. It's on both cool. sides, I think. It's like a. Uh, it's like uh It's sort of like carved out of the wall the way the end zones. It's. I'm it's, kind of describing it badly right now, but yeah. Both had yeah. both ends are identical. You're right. Yes. And it was a cursed venue. It is a cursed venue for the Colts. Uh, a little off topic, but wow, the Colts could just not win a game there. Yeah, and it was one of Darren Sproles, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can't I can't stress this enough. Darren Sproles. Yeah. Ugh. And it was one of the last stadiums to have both baseball and football tenant too. Yeah, and well, I think the final one of those beasts is falling, has fallen. The Raiders played a last home game at Oco Coliseum. Yeah, and did you did you hear about their fans at the last game? It's Raiders fans. I, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't blame them. If my team was leaving, I'd do the same thing. Well, and during the last game, uh, people just got angry with the Raiders last game. They started ripping out the seats, and other fans tried to stop them, saying that the A's still play there. Oh, yeah, like that'll stop them. Because <laughs> the A's are worth saving. I mean, it's not like anybody's going to be sitting there during an A's game anyway. I don't know. They were actually pretty decent this year, too. Yeah, but they've always had attendance issues. That's the thing. You can say the same thing about the Rays. By the way, I am fully on the Tampa Bay Rays bandwagon now. The Reds bring me too much pain, so I've decided to bandwagon the Rays. Uh, They got a new outfielder from Japan a couple days ago. His name is Yochi Suthugo. I watched his highlights. He looks awesome. So uh, I'm on their bandwagon now. Uh, Anyway... Let's talk about the, the holiday bowl between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the USC Trojans. USC. Now, now here's a weird team. Uh, they're kind of in coaching purgatory, number one. Clay Helton. Nobody really knows if he's going to be the coach of USC next year because there were reports that he got fired. And then there were reports saying, no, he's going to be the coach next year. And he is the coach, and he will be the coach, I guess, until – Otherwise noted, he's the coach of USC. He's always kind of felt like just a Band-Aid before they eventually rip it off and try and hire Urban Meyer or James Franklin or somebody. And USC has been okay this year. They lost to BYU, but they beat Utah. Yeah. This isn't really a notable USC team. Like By USC standards, I mean, this season has been – not good because they're USC and they 
they expect to be going to the playoffs because they're USC. They're they're a true blue blood program, but they haven't been that for a little bit. And uh, who knows who the coach will be? That's shaky. The recruiting class this upcoming season is not great. Things are in jeopardy in LA, but they're going to be playing the Iowa Hawkeyes, and Iowa had a very Iowa season. It was a lot of ugly games, one big upset, and uh, like an above-average bowl game. That's about as Iowa as you can get. So I don't know what to say about this. Iowa will grit and grind. USC will look confused because not even USC knows what they are right now. I'm taking Iowa... 28 to 24. And I think this will be a good game. I, I don't know. I think they're about even talent-wise. But I, th- I think coaching will bring Iowa over the top. I like Kirk Ferentz more than I like Clay Helton. That's my final final say, 28-24. Yeah, I think this this one's kind of a, it's kind of a hard one to predict because Iowa's offense has kind of been uh, up and down this season. Because they're known for not really scoring a lot of points. Obviously, they scored 12 against Penn State, 3 against Michigan. But then they put up a few more points against uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota and uh, Nebraska. So, it's like they're sort of up and down. But their defense still has consistently done well to a certain extent, except for the game against Nebraska where they sort of let that Nebraska offense do too much. But USC, like you said – it's hard to tell where they are as a team because they had a, a good win on Friday night against Utah, but then they also lost to you. Uh, not they didn't lost they didn't lose themselves. They lost to BYU, and it's just it's like both teams they they've been kind of unpredictable uh, this season at least a little bit for both teams. So I could see either team winning, but I think the safer pick, the one I have more confidence in, is going to be the Hawkeyes. Um, that's because it's really just because they have a better record and a better conference, and uh, their offense, although it's not the most consistent, it's shown that it has that it can perform, and they have a good enough defense to back them up. So I'm gonna have to go with the Hawkeyes in this one. Also, two Iowa players have viewed our Instagram story. Zero USC players have viewed our Instagram story. So kind of gotta true. give them a little favoritism. Numbers don't lie. They don't. That is true. Numbers do not lie. Um, Griffin, what's your pick? Obviously, with uh, uh, well, we have no disagreements here. I think it's also just all Hawkeyes on the board. So far, we're all the same on the board. I just realized I forgot to give a score, but I'm going to say 24-14 Iowa. Or, you know, I think uh, USC will score more than that. I'll say 24-17. Um, yeah, I'll go with like, I'll go with like 30 to 24 in Iowa. Okay, we all think it's going to be a competitive game. This should be a good one to watch. Keep an eye out for it. All right. Next game we've got on the Big Ten schedule would be Ohio State and Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl, but we're giving that its own special treatment. Okay, next game I see on here. Red Box Bowl, Levi's Stadium, home of the 49ers, Santa Clara, California. 4 o'clock p.m., Fox National TV, California Golden Bears, and the Fighting Illini, University of Illinois. Cal, early in the season, Cal was ranked. uh, They were were ranked for, what, a week or two, and then they fell off. And, you know, they were okay this year. They, They... Like, there's nothing really that notable about Cal except, hey, they were ranked at one point. Illinois, on the other hand, they've got that Wisconsin game and hang their hat on. And also the Michigan State comeback, but we've talked about those to death already. Uh, Illinois really was kind of an unpredictable team because one week they could beat Wisconsin, the other they'd be losing to Eastern Michigan or Northwestern. So, really... This could this is a this is a weird game. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I think this one is going to look more familiar similar with Illinois, to this and I know Illinois Bowl. can win against high level competition. Oh, uh, so give me, give me the Illini 
by a score of 24-20. 24-20, Illinois. Yeah, I think this one is going to look like uh... – it's gonna look like the Cheez It Bowl of last year or last year's Red Box Bowl, where they're just—it's just a complete defense matchup. Because uh, Illinois' defense—it's pretty good. It's nothing elite. It's—it's it's no Wisconsin. It's no Ohio State. Um, it's no Georgia. But they play good defense. And Cal—they're known for having a good secondary. So if Illinois wants to have any success on offense, you have to run the ball well. So I don't—I don't see uh, either team sort of having a, a huge, uh, high amount of points or anything. And I think this game is just going to be just like last year's Red Box Bowl between Oregon and Michigan State. It's just going to be a boring game with not a lot of, like, exciting, you know, flashiness or any big plays. And um, I, I just – I don't see a high score coming in this game. I think it'll be um, – I'll say give the Illini by a score of 13 to 10. Okay, one more note with, with this game. Uh, this is going to be practically a home game for Cal. They're going to still they're going to be just maybe an hour from campus with traffic, so kind of have to factor that in. And looking at the spread right now, Cal is a seven point favorite over Illinois, and I think you're going to have to tra- factor in travel and home field advantage for it because uh, it could pl- it could play a role. And I think I'm going to change my prediction a little bit now that I think about it. I still think Illinois is going to win, but I'm with you, Reed. It'll be lower scoring. I think there will be a lot of turnovers forced. I'm going 14-17, Illini. And also, Illinois kind of needs this one more because Illinois, as uh, as we know, Absolutely. they've beaten Wisconsin. Oh. They've they've beaten Michigan State, who they haven't been able to beat in a while. And they've been they've beaten some more teams like this. And it's it's not really they haven't had a lot of success lately. They've been sort of the Rutgers of the West, as I like to as I used to like to think of them. But now the program's going in the right direction. They got Levy Smith, who's coaching them to some success, and they just lost their rival Northwestern for the second straight year. They need this win to maintain the momentum that they've gotten. I think that's going to play a huge factor in this game, and I think Illinois. I think that's going to be the thing that pushes Illinois over the finish line. Yeah, finishing with a winning record on the season does go a long way in number one instilling confidence in your superiors as a head coach, and number two, convincing recruits that you're a worthwhile program. Yeah. What's your prediction, Griffin? Griffin, what do you think? Um, twenty-one seventeen in favor of the Fighting Illini, and I think that Lovey Smith is going to do a better coaching job that'll push the Illini through against the Golden Bears. Okay, so we all picked the dog here. We picked Illinois. It kind of seems like we have some favoritism towards the Big Ten. Well, I guess because we are a Big Ten podcast, but. Hmm. We've I was going to say how – Well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, we picked Wake Forest. It's true, yeah. Yeah, well, I think the, the most important thing is we're all kind of on the same page here, yeah. which, which is interesting. We're all in virtual agreement. Okay, so here's a string of three straight Big Ten games, two of which are going to be starting at the same time, which is annoying for people like us who – have an obligation to watch as many Big Ten football games as possible without interruption, which will be nice with bowl season, being able to watch a lot without having to feel the need to flip back and forth between them. But the first one here on my docket is the Outback Bowl at the Ray J, Raymond James Stadium, out in Tampa. 1 o'clock ESPN, Golden Gophers in Minnesota, and Auburn Tigers. Now, Auburn, here's a team who... If you just watched the Iron Bowl, you would have thought Auburn is an offensive juggernaut with a terrible defense. But if you got to watch Auburn the rest of the season or if you paid any attention to them, you'd know that the Iron Bowl was kind of a fluke and Auburn is a way better defensive team than they are an offensive team, at least from what I could tell. So maybe that's a sign of things to come for Auburn and beating up on Alabama of all teams on the offensive side of the football, scoring 40-plus points on them. So may- maybe that'll that'll change for Auburn in this game, although Minnesota does have a very good defense too. I don't think I'd call them as good as Alabama, but, hey, Minnesota's no slash on defense, especially in that uh, secondary with guys like Antoine Winfield Jr. So if Auburn can prove that that Alabama game wasn't a fluke and they can keep scoring points – I think Minnesota can keep up with them to a point. 
I do like Tanner Morgan a lot, and I've talked about him plenty, but and I like Minnesota's receivers. But I think Auburn is just going to out-talent them. I mean, we saw what they did in the Iron Bowl to Alabama. They just they made them look silly at points, and Auburn's defense did fall apart. But if Auburn's defense can – if Auburn can somehow match the parts between their Iron Bowl offense and their rest of the season defense, they should beat Minnesota pretty badly just because of talent, talent alone, as much as I like Minnesota. I'm taking Auburn 31-17. You know, I feel similar to you, and I look at this game, and I see that almost every advantage goes towards Auburn, especially uh, one of the biggest ones is that Auburn, uh, their biggest thing is their D-line. That's, that's what they're known for. It's where they get success. They play mm-hmm. really well on the defensive line. And if you can limit Tanner – if you can get to Tanner Morgan fast and keep him from getting the ball to his receivers, then that's going to be really huge for stopping Minnesota because he is – one of, if not the best players um, on this Golden Gophers team. But I just find it so hard to pick against my Gophers. Like, you know I can't pick against Minnesota. I can't. They're my team. I know you can't. It's impossible. Like, although I like to say that stats very rarely lie, or they almost never lie, I think they might lie in this one. I just think I think Flex got something. He's got something brewing in this game. I think he's really going to get his, his guys hyped up. And, you know, they, they just came off a pretty heartbreaking loss, their biggest rivals against Wisconsin at home in the snow. And I just I, – I cannot imagine Minnesota losing two tough games against good teams like that back-to-back. I just think Minnesota is going to find some way – I think it's going to take some sort of crazy play or, uh, you know, some sort of crazy deep pass or um, I don't know. But it's, it's going to take something, something sort of wild out of, out of the ordinary. But I think Minnesota somehow, some way, figures out how to win this game. And I'm going to give Minnesota um, – I'll give them 31 points. And I'll give Auburn uh, – I'll give Auburn 27. 31-27 to the Gophers. That'd be a good game. Our first difference of opinion right there. Griffin, who you got? Um – this might be the toughest match that I've had to look at, but over this should be a really good yeah match. no I mean I'm gonna be honest I could it should be I'd like for it to be I think Auburn will pull it out in the end but I what do you think I think Auburn's gonna pull it in the end but I could see it going either way I All think right. Auburn's defense. So... If they play like they did against Alabama, I think they should easily – not easily, but have a better time than playing against an SEC team. Okay, two Auburns, one Minnesota. That same time, same state, just east on I-4, Camping World Bowl, the Verbo – or Camping World Stadium, not the Camping World Bowl, Camping World Stadium, Orlando. Verbo Citrus Bowl, 1 o'clock ABC. Michigan Wolverines taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. And before I say Alabama's going to win this game by 50, we don't know if Alabama players are going to sit or not. If their guys who are draft eligible will sit out this game and preserve their health for a potential NFL shot. So I want to preface this prediction by saying I'm going in with the assumption that Alabama is going to play all of their healthy players. That being said, the Crimson Tide will win this game 45-20, to 20, and it will be an embarrassment for Michigan. That's all. Yeah, I can see that. And if Michigan is playing against second stringers for Alabama, mm-hmm. 35-28. Yeah. And I don't want to Alabama. make this sound like I, I – I don't want this to sound like Michigan's a bad team. I think Michigan's a, a really good football team. They deserve a lot of respect. Um, they they definitely uh, have looked impressive this season, especially in the second half of the season. Uh, they played well against Penn State. They destroyed Notre Dame, played well against Ohio State, got a good win against Michigan State Smoked and all Indiana. that. But, yeah. you know, like, no matter how good Michigan is, we've seen the past couple years they do not play well in bowl games. They should have beaten Florida last year, or at least if you – well, it depends on what you think of should have. But they had a lot going their way last year against Florida, and they kind of got, you know, they got they got pretty embarrassed in that Peach Bowl last year. And we've seen it time time and time again. Oh, yeah. They played a lot of bowl games against Florida, coincidentally. But we've seen it 
a lot when Michigan just sort of plays down in bowl games. So I think Michigan holds Alabama well in the first half. I think it'll be about a three or so point game at the half, but I think they just cannot beat Alabama. I just like, I mean, Alabama, they've showed even without Tagovailoa and with Mac Jones quarterback, they can still play well. They proved it against Auburn. They're still a really, really good football team. I just cannot see them pulling out, uh, or I cannot see them losing to Michigan. I just don't think Michigan has the power. I, I just don't think they have it in them to win this game. My other thing here is Saban is going to be pissed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like Saban. And people are saying his dynasty is over, too. People are Saban. saying after that, after those two losses, this Saban, done, he's got to go prove himself. You want him. Like you wouldn't really think, think he would ever have really to prove himself after all he's gonna, done, but he has to. You really think he wants to go out there and lose to Jim Harbaugh and then have people saying, oh, maybe Harbaugh is the new Saban? No one's going to say Harbaugh is the new Saban. People, I mean if anyone's the new Saban, it's Dabo. No, no, no. Michigan fans would find a way. Yeah. The most delusional of them. Come on. But, I mean, it's <laughs> the Harbaugh or Saban is not going to risk anything. He's going to go out there and he is going to say, oh, we don't belong in the playoff? How's this look? Griffin have the power their season did not look as good as prior seasons I was just going to have an easy time 35 35 like 21 in the crimson side favor oh yeah I never give a score I'm going to say Alabama is going to score 38 and Michigan gets uh, 21. I'll say 38-21. Title. I think at the half it'll be 17-14 Bama, and I think Alabama's just going to pull away after that. Okay, before we go into this game, next game, do we want to do a separate Rose Bowl episode or do we want to do it right now? Because we can do either. I would say let's let's do the Rose Bowl right now. Okay, we're doing the Rose Bowl right now. Wait, did I skip over the Penn State game? Uh, I think you did. Oh, I skipped over Penn. I skipped. I skipped over Penn State, Memphis. That's what I was forgetting. Okay, Goodyear Cotton Bowl, December twenty eighth, Saturday. We're taking. The, we're turning back the clock, baby. December twenty eighth, Saturday. at Cowboys Stadium, AT and T, Arlington, Texas. Penn State, and Memphis. Okay, Memphis isn't going to have their coach anymore. He just signed to Florida State, so. That's problem number one. Problem number two is Memphis was a very good power five or group of five team this year, but they had no wins as impressive as Penn State. They never looked as impressive as Penn State did in, say, their Michigan game, or at least the first half of that Michigan game. I think Penn State is going to wipe the floor with Memphis. I don't think this is going to be close. Like, 42-21. 42-21 PSU. I see something similar. Like you were saying about the resumes. I don't want to give too much of a slippery slope kind of or like a um, uh, comparative win kind of thing, but if you look at Memphis, they played twice against Cincinnati. The first time they beat Cincinnati, it was – I'm checking right now, but it was, it, was, it was pretty close. And it was the same way the second time in the American Championship the following week. They beat them uh, They beat them by 10 points. Okay, 10 points, that's a pretty solid win against the ranked team. And they beat them by five the following week. But if – but. We can say we're in agreement that Penn State is – they're a really good team. They're just slightly below Ohio State. Ohio State beat Cincinnati 42 to nothing. So I would say Penn State would beat Cincinnati yeah. by something like 28 points or so. So it's just – you see there's, there's just kind of a drop-off between Penn State and Memphis. I think they're on different levels. And although Memphis has been a really, really good American team this season, team. and the Americans have been a strong conference – I just don't think Memphis is going to be able to put up with Penn State. I think, like you said, it'll be kind of out of Memphis' hands. Um, definitely at, at least in the third quarter, maybe even at the half. I'll say I think Penn State puts up a lot of points. I'll give them 45, and Memphis gets mm. – see, I don't want my prediction to be too similar to yours, but I really like what you said with, with about 42-20. I think I'll say 45-21. Okay, and before I – I didn't want to sound like I'm super anti-G5 or anything. I was 2017 UCF's biggest fan. 
and they just pass the eye test way more than Memphis does. Like this Memphis team is solid, like they're good, but they're no 2017 UCF. And let's or not anything. forget that like, uh, this week one Memphis beat Ole Miss by 15, or they beat them 15 to 10 at home. And Ole Miss yeah, sucks. So they're just they're just not there yet. Like they're really but good week for, one, for an week American one, athletic conference team. The they also only beat Tulsa by one point. Week, week one's and weird. let's not forget that Michigan. Absolutely embarrassed Tulsa. Or did I say Michigan? I meant Michigan State. If I did say Michigan, that's what I meant. I knew. Yeah. I knew what you were saying. Yeah, the, the Spartans, Michigan Back State. When we asked, like, destroyed yeah. Tulsa. I remember that episode. Uh, Griffin, what do you think? Um, yeah, I don't honestly think about uh. How Memphis might even put score on the board? I'm just gonna go with 35-6, Nittany Lions. Yeah, we're all in agreement there that this should be a a pretty lopsided game. <laughs> like to be proven wrong because I always like to see when the underdog pulls something off miraculously. Okay. We're going to skip over the Rose Bowl for now. We're going to make that our final prediction because it is the granddaddy of them all. It's, the, it's of course, the most important bowl game, playoffs withstanding. Uh, so now we're going to go into, I think this is our last non-Rose Bowl or non-Ohio State game. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Jacksonville, Florida, January 2nd, 2020, 7 p.m. ESPN, TIA, Bankfield, home of the Jaguars, IU, Indiana Hoosiers, 8-4, against 7-5 Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee is a one-and-a-half-point favorite as of now. Uh, Tennessee, back early in this season, we were, we were joking about Tennessee. We made, we made so much fun of Tennessee, and it was great, wasn't it? Um, those were the days. It was great. It was funny. When they were losing to Georgia State and BYU, it was, it was the best of times. And then Tennessee started winning games albeit against the bottom of the barrel in the SEC mostly. But, hey, we thought Tennessee would be the bottom of the barrel in the SEC. So, hey, they, they won. And they beat a decent Kentucky team too. So, Tennessee turned out way better than we expected. And they're at least a respectable team. And they're favored over Indiana right now. And before I knock Tennessee for their wins too much, it's not like IU's wins are all that impressive, going to be totally honest with you. But 8-4 and four is 8-4 and four in my mind. I'll take it eight days a week. Anyway, uh, this game we originally thought was going to be Indiana-Kentucky, a match for the Bourbon Barrel, an old rivalry. It was originally reported by people that that was going to be the game, and we were all excited about that. People thought Tennessee is going to the Music City. That was the report. And then Philip Fulmer allegedly stepped in, former Tennessee coach, current, I think he's the athletic director, he stepped in and I guess said, hey, we want to go to the Gator Bowl last minute. We beat Kentucky. We deserve the better bowl game. Even though Tennessee fans would travel way better to Nashville than they would Jacksonville, and IU and Kentucky is probably a more appealing matchup to Indiana fans and to Kentucky fans than what they got stuck with. But that's what we've got but That's now. just, that's so just what UT is. They really don't care about, about anyone else. They don't. You know, complain until they get into the bowl game they like. And honestly, I'd rather if – if I'm UT, I'd rather be in the Music City Bowl. Because it's not like the Gator Bowl is that much more prestigious yeah, than the Music City Bowl. And you're going to travel way better and it'd be a probably almost guaranteed win. Get a home game. Yeah, why wouldn't you take the home game in Nashville? Like, come exactly. on. Anyway, Indiana, uh, of course, 8-4, and four, amazing season by IU standards, best in – years since like 93 i believe was the last season like this uh first floridian bowl game in school history wow interesting note a lot of players on the team from florida too so uh it'll be a homecoming of sorts for them and i expect i I expect iu to travel decently i expect tennessee to travel way better just because they're bigger so it is what it is. As a football program, they're bigger. I don't know about as a university. Uh, what else? What else is there about this game? Uh, I was thinking about we were thinking about making a trip, but I don't think that's going to happen. 
would have been more likely if it were Kentucky, honestly, but it is what it is. Uh, I still think this is going to be a really good game. I'm taking IU. I think nine win nine win Indiana is going to happen. I'm taking IU 27-21, and it could be it could be a great game. I'll all be watching eagerly, and I'm hoping for the best. Expecting a big day from Stevie Scott on the ground against Tennessee, hoping that he can make the IU offense look like Georgia State. Yeah, um, I always love making fun of Tennessee. I like that Georgia State comment. Um, and Thank you. I just find it hard to pick Tennessee in a game like this, just because although they've done well lately, it's just if like Tennessee has burned me before. They burned me this year. I thought the UT was going to be good this year. Um, <clears throat> because, <clears throat> oh, they got a decent recruiting class. They got a new coach here and there, and their schedule's easy and all that. And any time you believe in Tennessee at all, they let you down. So you know what? Although I do believe Indiana's going to win, is my official pick is going to be a UT win. Or I shouldn't say UT because to everyone outside of Tennessee, UT is Texas. I'm going to say a Tennessee Vols win 24-17 because I know if I put faith in them, they will not get the win. I really want Indiana to get nine wins. So I'm going to say Vols 24-17. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? If that pick turns out to be true, then I'm actually right no matter what with that pick because – if Tennessee wins, I'm technically right for picking them. And if they lose, I'm right because I picked them thinking they would lose. So, you know, it's it's perfect for me. Well, thanks again. <laughs> it's a win-win for you. It's a win-win for everybody. Everybody wins when Tennessee loses. Griffin, what's your pick? Um, yeah, no, I have Hoosiers by a million, just like we said in the beginning of the season. Um, I think it's going to be – 35-24 in favor of the Hoosiers. I can't see the uh, I can't see the Volunteers actually going for. Oh, another note here: Kalen DeBoer, the guy who's turned around the IU offense this season, his first year's offensive coordinator. He was just named the head coach at Fresno State, so he will actually. Word on the street is he's going to be coaching in this game for Indiana. He said he would like to. Uh, we don't know if he will or won't. I think it would be big for IU if he did coach in this game. And if he doesn't, eh, I get a little more sour on IU. But honestly, they still have his plays. They still have his players. And they still have Tom Allen, who just got that huge extension. So I'm, I'm going to stick with the Hoosiers. And good on Kalen DeBoer for getting that head coaching gig. People are poaching IU coordinators. Can you believe it? Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> all right, so uh, we all have the Hoosiers in one way or another. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl game, Oregon and Wisconsin. We just saw Wisconsin play not too long ago. They played the best first half of their lives against Ohio State. They had a 21-7 lead. Everybody in that stadium – uh, that place was a morgue at halftime. It was it was unbelievable. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, Wisconsin ran the ball. They passed the ball. They did it all. Jonathan Taylor broke off a couple forty yarders in that first half, and then the second half. Oh wait, there was a second half. <laughs> Quotes Wisconsin fans. Anyway, Oregon. They've they've had a good season, I would say overall. Yeah, they had that Arizona State loss that kept them out of the playoffs, but. Losing to Auburn on a neutral site is not a bad loss at all. Auburn's a very good team. They won the Pac-12. They beat Utah pretty handily. Yeah, congrats to them. That was a, just Utah's Urban, a really good team. One of the best quarterbacks. Good for them to beat them. Utah's a solid team, absolutely. And Utah got a little bit screwed in their bowl selection. Yeah, I didn't honestly, outside of the Big Ten, I did not love very many of the bowl games this season. Whether it's an orange Me bowl too. with a complete with Florida you. blowout that's going to happen. Yeah, the Camping World Bowl with Notre Dame and Iowa State, or the uh, oh that Alamo Bowl. Not very many great selections this season, in my opinion. I'm with you. Yeah, it's it's a weak year, except the Big Ten does have really good ones. I'll say that. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Herbert, Herbert, Herbert was uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, of course. And Oregon, it was a good year. Going to the Rose Bowl is always great. Wisconsin. 
we've talked about them ad nauseum. So I don't know what else there is to say. Very strong defense, high expectations midway through the year, subverted all of ours. And then they lost Illinois, and we all kind of fell back down to earth with them. And they got blown out by Ohio State, and then they almost beat Ohio State in the first half. And to quote that one guy, they had us in the first half. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) lie. Well, my pick here is Wisconsin. Mostly because from what I saw from them in that first half of the second Ohio State game is that they can be – well, I've seen this other times this season. I saw it certainly in the Michigan game is that they can be lethal on the ground. And when their defense is playing its best ball, they are just an unstoppable force. So if, if their defense – with a month of rest, I think they will be totally, totally fine. If their defense is good to go and – Jonathan Taylor is doing his thing. I think Wisconsin should have no trouble with Oregon, as good as I think Oregon is. Wisconsin, they, they've proven to me time and time again that they can be one of the best teams in the country when they are up for it. I'm taking Wisconsin 35-28, I think, will be in for a dandy. Yeah, this uh, Rose Bowl, a lot of people are, are liking um, – a lot of people like the Sugar Bowl or – um, a couple of games where I talked about the um, Outback Bowl or the Citrus Bowl is their best bowl game of the season. But I am saying right now, um, with 100% confidence, this will be the best bowl game of uh, – well, playoff excluded. This will be the closest, most exciting, best overall bowl game of the 2019-2020 bowl season. Because it features two teams who here first. are so similar. They have such similar resumes. They are fil- loaded with talent. They're just on the brink of being um, elite playoff material, but they're not quite there yet. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a really great evenly evenly um, matched game uh, between two teams. You know, they got similar records. they got similar resumes. They both have big wins. Oregon is against Utah. Um, Wisconsin's big win. Or the biggest win is against Michigan. They got a couple good ones against Iowa and Minnesota, of course. And even when they don't win, like Wisconsin's uh, – you know they're they're cl- not not their first game against Ohio State that was a blowout but their their close loss in the Big Ten championship against Ohio State they showed they can play well in that game mm, wasn't that close well in yeah the but in half. the first half like you said they played the best first half of their lives and I think that's the best anyone has played against Ohio State who's arguably uh, the best team in the country right now um, I'd say they are if you look at Oregon they also played really 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 well against Auburn who we previously. As, uh, established, um, you know, we, we already said they're a really good team and they kind of blew that game. But, you know, it's week one. They played well against them and they both sort of had fluky losses with Oregon's being on the road at Arizona State and Wisconsin being on the road at Illinois. But I think, you know, basically these are the most identical teams you can imagine. It's like they're looking at their own reflection in the mirror. And I think this will be a really close game. I think it's going to be really back to back, sort of like a game of tennis or ping pong or something like that. And I think it'll end up being um, kind of medium scoring because these teams both have really good offenses, but you know they don't mess around on defense either. So I think this game will end up with both teams having scores in the 30s, and I'm going to give Wisconsin the 38-35 win. Just so I think that after watching them in person last week and really seeing them all season, I think they prove themselves as a serious threat to any team who who they face. And I think if if their offense can step up the way they did in Indianapolis, especially Jack Cohn, I didn't believe in him very much, um, especially early in the season. And still up to this point, he had a pretty good game against Ohio State. Uh, he passed pretty well, and he was a- even able to get a couple scrambles against um, a really good Ohio State defense. So he did run the ball I think well. Guys like this uh, are going to really make the difference for Wisconsin and just give them that that extra push to allow them to win this game. Can I add that Cone passing the ball, it was mostly because of broken coverage by Ohio State linebackers and interior defensive backs. Uh, They were all slant routes up the middle, 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, and then I think Ohio State adjusted to that. So if if Wisconsin can break that down in Oregon the same way they did Ohio State, and if that's not working, just give the ball to Taylor and pray to God he can break one off. Hey, it might work. Almost worked on Ohio State, who is without a doubt better than Oregon. Okay, Griffin, what's your take? Um, 
I am. I might have to go with the Oregon Ducks on this one. Yeah. Ooh. Um. I think just like again, this is another one that I could see going either way, but I think the Ducks are going to hold back, and I think Justin Herbert is going to do a lot better than the uh, Badgers defense could handle. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll have more full season content for you over on our Instagram at the first and 10 on Twitter at first and one G. Uh, that's all for this week. We'll see you soon with our Ohio state versus Clemson preview. Uh, see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening.